It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Bengals, Bills, Monday night football. This game was circled when the schedules came out, and it's looking like it's going to be just as big as it might have been in the preseason. I'm Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals, joined by James Rapine, also of Locked On Bengals, and Joe Marino of Locked On Bills for Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Bills, Locked On Bengals doing the Crossover Thursday thing as we do. We're available free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube, both podcasts. So if you're new to either program, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And we appreciate all of you who make Locked On your first listen. Today's episode of Locked On Crossover Thursday is presented by Prize Picks. So much fun. So easy to play. We've been telling you about it all year. You don't have to compete against other players. It's just you against those projections. You'll pick two to five players, whether they will score more or less than those Prize Picks projections and win up to 10 times your money. It's easy. You get your entries in in 60 seconds. It's incredibly smooth, the process. We love prize picks. We know you will, too. First-time users will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Guys, this game looked like it was going to be a really fun game when the schedules came out. Still looks like that is going to be the case Major playoff seeding implications on the line here. Buffalo controlling their own destiny as they pursue the one seed. The Bengals need a little bit of help in the form of a Kansas City loss, but the one seed in play for both of these teams. And am I remembering correctly that there are no games on Sunday this week between two teams with a winning record? So for fans generally of good football might be waiting till Monday night, Joe, What's the biggest story in Buffalo? Is it that one seed? Yeah, Jake, it's absolutely the number one seed, something the Bills have been chasing for a couple of years now. Uh, In 2020 and 2021, it was right there for them to take, but they couldn't get that one extra win or avoid that one loss that put them out of it. And I think that needs to change for the Bills. Uh, When you look at the success that they've had in the playoffs under Sean McDermott, the Bills are 3-0 and at home. They're 0-3 on the road when it comes to playoff games under Sean McDermott. And then you also look at this other layer that Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game in his career. You feel like that needs to change. And yeah, obviously you look at the number one seed and you know what it means. You get a bye, you get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And I think that's the obvious component of it. But I think when you get very practical with the path, that's different between being the one seed or the two or three, that's where you really feel the urgency. If you get the one seed, you get that bye week in the wild card round, then you're probably going to host either the four seed or a wild card team, right? So you, you play the lowest advancing seed. And what I mean by that is not the Bengals or the Chiefs, if you're the Bills, right? You play somebody else. And then you host the AFC championship game at your stadium. Now, if you don't get this done, now you're playing in wild card weekend. 
then you're going to have to go probably to either Mahomes or Burrow in the divisional round, and then you're probably going to have to play on the road again in the AFC Championship game. So I think those paths are just so critical to be mindful of the difference in what it's going to take to get to the Super Bowl, and you just make it so much easier on yourself if you get the one seed especially when you look at it outside of the lens of, yeah, home field advantage throughout the playoffs and a bye. Yeah, well, there's more to it. You don't have to go to Burrow or to Mahomes, which I think is what everybody here in this Bills-Bengals-Chiefs land is thinking about here as as the regular season comes to a close. Yeah, having to double dip and deal with both, that sucks. Let's be yeah. honest. Whoever has yeah. to do it, and, and, and a team is going to have to because I, I think these are the three best teams in the AFC – it's it's tough. It's a tough ask. And whether it's Burrow doing it or Mahomes doing it or Allen doing it, as talented as they are, that's that's a great point. Is is honestly, it's probably as important as a buy. And I get it by you can get the rest and all of those things. But just avoiding one of the two, letting the two duke it out while you play uh, an inferior team, that uh, that's certainly the way to go. And I I think Jake, it's safe to say that that's the biggest story for the Bengals too. They've talked about the one seed for, for weeks now. And it's because they've gone on this run and they've won seven straight and they've played their way from an zero and two start and a two and three and a four and four start to now 11 and four. They're in the mix, but the only way they get it done and complete their quest is one pray to the football gods that the chiefs get upset by their inferior AFC West competition over the next two weeks. in one of those games and handle business against the bills and then the Ravens, and they'll say their first goal is the division. Well, the last thing you want is to to face a must-win game uh, against the Ravens, against potentially healthy Lamar Jackson next week, just to win the division and the right to host the Ravens potentially, which it's a very real possibility. You avoid that by winning this week and, and hoping that the Steelers handle business against the Ravens. So there's a lot on the line for both teams. And like you mentioned at the top, when these schedules came out, uh, you looked, you're like, man, that's going to be a fun game. Sports betting is, is, is going to be legal in Ohio, and it's going to be Bengals and Bills on Monday night football. I'm just grateful that both teams are double-digit winners, have playoff berths clinched, and we're talking about contending for the one seed versus you know one of the two teams delivering. Both teams have delivered, and Monday night should be a lot of fun. Just some numbers really quick on those one seeds. They, they both lost their first game last year, but before that – in the previous five years, we're 12 and two coming off that first mm-hmm. round bye. And you go back and you look at the Super Bowl winners, the teams representing each conference in the Super Bowl. The one seed now, it used to be one or two seed, used to just be playoff bye, has been such a huge advantage for playoff teams. Just not having that extra wear, not having that extra game late in the season, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And like you said, Joe, avoiding going on the road. This is something we even talked about last year with the Bengals, right? That They had this path to the Super Bowl that we were looking at as the, as, the, uh, as the playoffs were coming around. And it was, well, maybe the seed, you know, having to go to Tennessee, dealing with the one seed in week two of the playoffs in the second game of the playoffs, maybe that's actually the ideal path. Let Buffalo and Kansas City go on this collision course and, and avoid having to play both of them. Last year, that worked out for the Bengals. This year, that's not really, A, the goal, or B, I think, necessarily very possible. But a lot of factors here 
that tell you that, that neither of these teams really wants to deal with, you know, the added stress of going on the road. Like you said, Joe, I thought that was a, a really good point. And it kind of makes the story for both teams. Both teams need this game for similar reasons with similar motivations. And that should make it a lot of fun because they're both playing really good football this year. They are. No, they're, they're playing, they're playing great. And honestly, when you talk about MVP races and uh, best quarterback in the NFL, I mean, these are two of the three MVP candidates, I'd say most realistic or two of the four, you know, I'd, I'd throw Jalen hurts in there certainly before he got injured and it's going to be a lot of fun. And the other part of this, we we've seen Burrow Mahomes. We've seen Alan Mahomes. We haven't seen Burrow Allen. Right. And that's the other part of this is there's, there's unfamiliarity there, and we were this close. I mean, I'm sure you guys were obviously watching, but it's like, all right, am I booking my flight to Buffalo for the AFC Championship game, or am I booking it to Kansas City? And ultimately, I drove to Kansas City. But it, it was a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth last year. Well, now these two teams get to meet, and uh, I'm excited to see it for sure. I love that storyline, Burrow versus Allen. We have not seen that yet. And what's interesting is Burrow has done well against Mahomes, right? If, if I'm not mistaken, is it 3-0 <laughs> over three the nine. last two years? I mean, including I the AFC Championship game and, you know, for, for the reality that the, the Chiefs knocked the Bills out of the playoffs the last two years, Allen has won the last two regular season matchups, and you could say what you want about 13 seconds. Josh Allen walked off that field with his team and yeah. with the lead over Kansas City, so – you know, as, as we all celebrate Mahomes as the QB one of the NFL, these two guys have had a lot of success head to head against Patrick Mahomes. So it is going to be fun to see Burrow versus Allen. I know there's a lot of respect uh, between those two players. Obviously, a lot of respect between both of the fan bases between the the Bills and the Bengals. But uh, uh, that won't be the case on Monday night. But we can all agree that uh, we all hope that the Denver Broncos get their one-game bump from firing their coach, right? You, you see this all the time, and maybe the stars align for them to handle uh, Kansas City. Probably unlikely, but usually you see those teams kind of rally for one week. Maybe it happens, and the Chiefs have been pretty vulnerable all season long. We can yeah, certainly you need, hope. need Russell Wilson to put that personal office that he reportedly <laughs> has to work. and We'll see if he can do that, but it, it's not going to be Burrow versus Allen on the field directly. There's key matchups though, that we have to dive into, including who Burrow's going to be facing, who Allen's going to be facing. So let's do that coming up next. Today's crossover is brought to you by audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on locked on NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster Taylor Rooks, The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss the untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. Head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts. Available now. Audible. Get in the game. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, guys, let's get into some of these matchups that will decide or could decide because you never know with football, weird things happen every week. And then the things that you talk about and you highlight the, you know, Jamar Chase, Jadavious White matchup doesn't end up mattering at all because somebody comes out of nowhere to make a crazy play that decides the game. But maybe they do matter. And that's why we talk about the key matchups. For me, I have one circled. And obviously, I think you can talk about the receivers against the Bills secondary and the Bills secondary. I mean, you can tell me, Joe. Seems like it's not been necessarily the strength of this Bills defense. But for me, I come to the guy who has stepped up in the absence of Von Miller for the Bills and Gregory Rousseau. And he, he lines up, from what I can tell, almost exclusively on the left side of that defensive front where he will be facing Hakeem Adeniji, not Lael Collins, who was lost to an ACL and MCL injury in Week 16. So for me, the receivers and, and everything happening in the secondary, that, that obviously is its own battle. But Gregory Rousseau is the guy that I'm kind of looking at and saying, if there's somebody who can kind of throw all that out with a guy coming in to play right tackle and start for the first time this year, that's a matchup that I have circled. How's Gregory Rousseau been, Joe, this year? What, what, what are the strengths to his game? How do you see this matchup playing out? Yeah, Jake, that was the number one matchup that I had written down as well. Greg Rousseau versus Akeem Adeniji, um, who's played a little bit of ball for the, the Bengals over the last couple of years, and I think we can all agree that his performance has been usually pretty underwhelming. And, and you feel like for Buffalo, that's an opportunity for you with a, a good young player, first-round pick last year in Greg Rousseau, who had a good rookie season and has built upon that this year. Um and really showing up as a run defender and as a pass rusher. And he provides a lot of length, heavy hands, a compression style uh, rusher that thrives off of the bull rush and really getting into the pads of his opponents and using that length and that just massive wingspan to, to finish and close. And he's been really good this season um, doing that. And so the Bengals offensive line is, is certainly taking some strides this year, but this is a big hit losing Lyle Collins and, uh, to me, that's that's one of the ones right there at the top of the list for me, Rousseau versus Adeniji, that you feel like the Bills could have an advantage um, with that particular one-on-one matchup. Joe, what about the rest of this pass rush? What, what Because every week with the Bengals, it's, all right, can you keep Burrow upright? And mm-hmm. I've said it a lot this week. It's what they're go- going to do. They're going to pass it. They're going to find ways. To, to get the ball downfield if they can. And they're going to run the offense through nine. They're a drop-back passing team. So what? Uh, who else should we know on this pass rush? Because obviously it's not just Rousseau and it's not just yeah. Adenogy. Yeah, well, and, and obviously Von Miller not being part of the pass rush yeah. arsenal for the Bills is, is notable. I, I think guys have stepped up in, in his absence. Obviously Rousseau has been good all year. Uh, uh, the other side, Shaq Lawson, uh, A.J. Epinesa are two – Again, long arms, compression-style rushers. I don't think the Bills have a ton of speed when it comes to their rush off the edge, but they can challenge with power and that ability to really just kind of collapse the width of the pocket. On the interior, Ed Oliver is having a really good season, and he's been good of late, uh, former top-10 pick. 
uh, explosive under, not a big guy, right? At two, 280 something pounds, but he can really get into gaps and, and win with, uh, with a hot motor and just a ton of athleticism. So he can put some stress on the interior. You have Jordan Phillips, who's this big 350 pound. Uh, he's not DJ reader. Okay. Let me, I don't want to like DJ readers, one of my favorite players in the league, but think about like the C plus version of DJ reader. I think he gets some of that in Jordan Phillips and, and then uh, Tim Settle and Daquan Jones have both been very effective interior players. So I, I think with the bills pass rush, it's not necessarily that it's one guy. If they have one guy, it's probably Rousseau and then Oliver. It's that, they can really kind of challenge you with eight or nine different players that can rush. And so I think it's that that collective effort uh, that they have to be able to get after the quarterback. I don't know that I'd sit here and tell you with honesty that I think that the Bills have a top-tier pass rush. I think they have a sufficient to maybe slightly above average. And um, when they can really utilize the different groupings, they like to rotate and keep guys fresh. That's where they can really have a lot of success and uh, maybe take advantage of some of the matchups up front. But um, – you know, Joe Burrow, obviously a great quarterback under pressure. He's accurate, right? He, he top five in passer rating when he's pressured. You don't, you can't blitz him, right? He's he's going to kill you if you blitz him. So, you know, for as much as as much as the Bills could have some advantages with their rush, I think Joe Burrow under pressure, Joe Burrow handling the blitz, Joe Burrow, what he's done getting running backs involved in the passing game this year has been significant in my mind. And so, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of clubs in the bag for the Bengals to deploy to kind of slow down some of that as well. Yeah, we've seen recently that the sack avoidance part of Joe Burrow's game has come alive, taking Mm -hmm. what would be top six in the last seven weeks of pressure to sack when you look at the PFF numbers for pressure to sack, which they track. And they've just been dealing with it. Burrow has been getting rid of the ball quickly. And if you go watch the tape, he's getting rid of the ball in the nick of time constantly. This is something that we've talked about quite a bit uh, when we've done our film review episodes on Lockdown Bengals. He's getting rid of the ball accurately with to use a JTO Sullivan term again capital A anticipation uh for for the last series of games when the Bengals have been hot and there's some really good players on this Bills defense but I feel like Burrow's playing at a pretty high level right now we could see that continue Uh, I am excited to see the uh the linebacker play in this game in general Matt Milano and Terrell Edmonds on one side and Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson on the other side a couple of linebacking duos that are playing on a high level but let, let's go to the the bills offense side of this matchup where to me the, the bengals have faced quarterbacks like josh allen this isn't a new beast for this team and i'm not saying that's necessarily going to make it easy josh allen is obviously spectacular and an incredible playmaker but they do have experience dealing with guys like Lamar Jackson that can run the ball. They're, they're used to these game plans where they have to deal with contain in their pass rush. They have to deal with extension of plays. Obviously, Mahomes as well, they faced three times and have handled pretty well. You mentioned that you don't blitz Burrow. It seems like teams conversely have found some, some success blitzing Josh Allen. He's put the ball in a little bit of danger this year. You've had to live with the highs and lows, it seems, a little bit. In Buffalo, what's the story for Josh Allen's season, and is there is there any concern for you that you know that that proclivity that that inclination to sometimes put the ball in danger could come back to bite him, or is that just something that you live with because the highs are pretty spectacular too? Yeah, I think it's part of something that you live with, and it feels like Josh has had some turnovers this year that have come in bunches. You look at last game, for example, Bills turned over three times. Well, in the previous five games, they turned it over a total of three times, right? So they tend to come in in streaks, and so you're you're obviously curious if 
if it's a one game thing or if it's going to be, you know, something that there's a number of games in a row here that stack up with turnovers. Um, but as far as Josh Allen's season goes, I mean, obviously he got off to just an absolutely incredible start. Um, and then he he had the elbow injury, which I think despite him playing, I don't know that people are acknowledging enough that uh, uh, enough that this is something that is, is impacting him, right? Where there's a lot of load management. And, you know, if you've watched Josh Allen, you know that since the elbow injury, he's not necessarily been the same. I think we saw vintage Josh Allen against Miami a couple weeks ago, but then you watch the Bears last week and you're like, well, yeah, that that ain't it. <laughs> that's not that's not the Josh Allen we know. So um, I, I think it's affected his ability, particularly on some of the quick game and, and quick release stuff where some of the ball placement hasn't been there. But, um, you know, it hasn't stopped the Bills from being a, an upper echelon offense, but it, it's looked a little bit different at times. And I think it's unlocked other areas of their football team. I think the running offense has, has really uh, become a strength to an extent. Uh, of late here, um, being able to lean on that a little bit more and, and obviously weaponizing Josh Allen's legs. And, you know, Josh still makes those those wild plays in every game. Um, but I think that the injury has definitely uh, led to some of that variance that um, obviously you you want to eliminate as much, much as possible against Cincinnati. And I'll tell you, I, I'm really interested in seeing this, this matchup between the Bills offense against uh, – the Bengals defense, I have a lot of admiration for their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, and, and just how it's not even game to game. It's not even half to half. It's sometimes drive to drive, just how different the defense can look and how many different ways they can play you. And whether it's even front, odd front, man, zone, they, they, this team mixes up their looks better than any team in the NFL. I don't think it's particularly close. I think you make a good point about the, their history with playing um, dual threat quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can win off script and you know, I think a lot of that stems from having those linebackers, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt. Logan Wilson really turned it on last year, and I, thought, I think he's a rising star. Jermaine Pratt obviously having his best season. And what's different about those guys is they're like 250 pounds, right? These are big athletic dudes that can play in space and play downhill. And when you think about uh, second-level defenders that have had to deal with Josh Allen in the past, you know, it's it's – 230-pound linebackers, 225-pound linebackers. These are different cats here with Cincinnati Bengals. And so I'm interested in seeing, you know, how some of those those one-on-ones go where Josh Allen's going to take off and he's going to have to beat a 250-pound guy as opposed to a 230-pound guy. Um, and I have a lot of respect for Pratt and Wilson. And uh, obviously, I think a, a big story there with the, with the Bengals' defense is you know, how they're going to kind of piece it together. Obviously, Sam Hubbard not available, but Trey mm-hmm. Hendrickson playing through this wrist injury, you know, that's he's not going to be the best version of himself. And so how, how does it look this time, right, without those players? Obviously, it's a banged-up corner situation. So it, 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 we're going we're gonna to find out here, I think, in this coaching matchup of Ken Dorsey, who's had his ups and downs as a first-year offensive coordinator against Lou Anarumo, who I think over the last couple of years has really done some – some very special things on tape in big moments in particular, the, what he did in the playoffs, just unprecedented. And, <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's something that they can lean on and, and get creative with how they play defense. And I, I think that's what I'm part of what I'm really fascinated to find out on Monday night is that that chess match between Anna Rumo and, and Ken Dorsey. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what he does as well, because just say it out loud, Eli Apple, Cam Taylor, Britt, Stefan Diggs, right? It's, uh, it, you know, you're, you're probably making a face if you hear that listening right now. And it's because, well, it's, it's tough to contain him and not to mention Gabe Davis and all the other weapons in that Bills 
offense. Uh, I do want to mention real quick, we talked to Logan Wilson this week, former teammate of Josh Allen at, at Wyoming. So that's that's a fun little mm-hmm. storyline. He's, he's never tackled Allen because mm. obviously Allen was can't touch the merchandise in practice, did intercept them in practice. So we'll see if he gets his first tackle on Josh Allen on Monday night. Up next, well, let's dive into our predictions. Who will win this battle of, well, awesome teams from uh, the, the AFC, Bills, Bengals. But first, today's show brought to you by Bet Online. For all the latest sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, you got to get to Bet Online. They have you covered. Whether you think Josh Allen's going to win MVP, whether you think Joe Burrow's going to win MVP, you could wager on future props like that. You, you could certainly dive into this game where the Bills slight favorites right now in this matchup, according to Bet Online. And so much more. All of the bowl games, NBA, NFL, all in one place. So make sure you check out Bet Online today. Sign up for free and start wagering. Head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. Let's get to some predictions here, guys. Joe, I really just want to take one second to appreciate your clear study of what's going on with Luana Rimo's defense. You came prepared. I'm going to be really interested to see if there is a dedicated effort like we saw from the Patriots last week that we talked about again on the Lockdown Bengals film review episode to attack the Cam Taylor Britt rookie corner Von Bell, not as rangy as Jesse Bates tandem when the Bengals go split safety. We saw Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne and uh, other speed on the Patriots offense go after this duo on vertical balls. And that's the Patriots offense gave Davis Stephon Diggs a little bit of a different pair there. Kendrick Bourne had a really good game, not to take anything away from him. It was fantastic. But those guys are pretty proven commodities of the wide receiver position, especially when it, ta- when it comes to vertically challenging the defense and Josh Allen, arm injury or not, elbow injury or not, I think can challenge you vertically in a way that Mac Jones cannot. So and- when you talk about the chess match, that's what I'm looking at specifically because Bill Belichick's offense was not afraid to just throw sideline balls, sideline verticals when the Bengals were middle of field open and they had Von Bell supposedly playing that deep half. They weren't afraid to try to get behind it. So that will be very interesting. In addition to the trench stuff you talked about where the Bengals are a little banged up without Sam Hubbard. And it's a really good one to point out as well because Hubbard has been a spy for them a lot this year against some of those more mobile quarterbacks. I think that's going to be definitely something to, to monitor in this football game. And I think Cam Taylor Brate's going to be really good. Um, it's just kind of a tough situation. Yeah, stuff, to, to get thrown into, injured, right, kind of bleeding into the season. Um, but you see mm-hmm. some of the flashes with him. I mean, that guy's a dog, right? Like, you love the physicality. You love the competitive toughness. 
it's just a matter of kind of settling into to a, a complex defense, right? And that's a big it's a big ask of him. But I think in the long term, I think he's going to be a really good player. But right now, he's still he's still a rookie, kind of finding his way. And I'm sure the Bills will be interested in going after that matchup. It'll be interesting for sure. For sure. He's, he's kind of been up and down, guys. I think we should get to the predictions here. It's a little bit early, right? <laughs> yeah. We we haven't had a we haven't had a first practice yet for the Bengals. The injury report is looking uh, non-existent as we record this crossover Thursday. Instead of two injury reports, we have zero. Uh, looks like Hayden Hurst is likely to play this week. Sam Hubbard is now considered day to day, not week to week. But I think him getting back is a bit of a long shot, even with the extra rest. Trey Hendrickson, I guess he's going to continue to play with a broken wrist. Tyler Boyd going to continue to play with a splint on his left middle finger i imagine that uh comes after some injuries for for the, the dislocation the open dislocation for him uh but but joe let's start with you again here any any key players that are going to be out that are going to impact the way or or that are going to impact the way you project this game based on how this week goes you have a feel for how you you think this game is going to go I, I think the bills there should be relatively healthy coming into this football game in terms of Right now, obviously, they'd love to have Micah Hyde and they'd love to have Von Miller and Jamison Crowder. Those guys ain't going to be available this week. Um, but I think in terms of the last game the Bills played, everybody that started the game finished. But there's always those random injuries that pop up. So mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know what could come of it. Uh, I know the Bills were without Mitch Morse, their starting center, uh, who was in concussion protocol. Ideally, you know, kind of a two week rest would give him. Uh, what he needs to step in and face B.J. Hill and, and D.J. Reader. So I think the one that I'm going to be paying the most attention to is Mitch Moore's status coming out of concussion protocol if, and if he's going to be able to go on Monday night. All right, guys, let's let's do some predictions. Do we have predictions? Are you ready? I, I yeah. don't do predictions as, as the it, resident anti-fun no prediction guy, but James, what do you got? But you just got to give a disclaimer this early yeah. that it's subject to change and, you know, Call, call me. I mean, we're going to do multiple shows. N- normally, this is our second to last show before the game. We have multiple shows now in, in a lot of time and multiple practices before this game. Uh, I'm leaning Bengals. Look, why would you why would you bet against them? They're at home. They're they're pretty healthy. Probably no Sam Hubbard. You're right. And the Lel Collins injury. I think. Do they lose some power on the ground? Yeah. It's not like Lel Collins was killing it throw you know in, in pass protection and guess what they're going to throw the ball against the bills that's going to be their goal and that's what they did last year towards the end of the season and when you throw it 52 times in foxborough i think that's your plan moving forward so i i expect joe burrow to throw it early and often we'll see if akima denergy can hold up i think it's going to be a dog fight i think it's going to be really close and evan mcpherson redeems himself I think it's going to be a field goal game. I'll give an official score later, and, and heck, maybe I'll flip it if if things change. But as of now, I'm thinking really close game. Goes down to the wire. I'll probably have 52 variations of a game story written before it's it's actually final. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bengals win a tight one on Monday night. I, uh, I certainly don't feel good predicting this game right now. Yeah. Um, no, it's tough. So- it's tough. So as a disclaimer, let me tell you what I've talked myself into here on this Wednesday afternoon uh, that we record this podcast. Well, first of all, let me just say this. I'm the locked on Bills guy. 
you think I'm coming in here and predicting a Bills loss? So, like, I'm just not going to do it. So let's just keep that in mind as I talk through this narrative that I'm about to give you. Uh, I think that there's absolutely a path for Cincinnati to win this football game, but I'm I'm not going to sit here in front of Bills Mafia and the Bengals fans and tell you that I think that the Bengals are going to win, even though I do think that there's a very good chance that they do. The reasons that I'm Joe, do, do you get body slammed through a table anytime you pick against the Bills? <laughs> uh, once if not. You know, you know, I, I don't, I don't pick against the Bills very often, to be honest with you. I don't blame you. You know, why would you? You know, it's one of the worst things is when you do do it and you're wrong, and you're like, well, uh, sorry about that. I did that this year, and oh, the Chiefs game. Oh man, yeah. Rest in peace, your mentions, right? Yeah. So this is what I've talked myself into. First of all, I, I, this might be a weird talking point, but I think it's a good thing that the Patriots were the last team that the Bengals played, and. I'm not going to sit here and say that I have a ton of respect for Bill Belichick and what's happening with the Patriots right now. I think he's an, an absolutely terrible general manager, but he d- tends to have some pretty good game plans. Mm-hmm. And I think especially what they do defensively, I think it's going to give you some good clues as to way the way to play a team, right? And and I th- what did the, I think the Bengals did they score in the second half of that game, right? If I'm not mistaken, they didn't score any points. They, they did didn't. Not. I'll say this, the offense wasn't as bad as the results. There were some they, – they had a couple of drop passes that should, that should have been touchdowns, you know, some fluky plays. So it wasn't quite as bad as it looked, right? but the results weren't there. But I think you can lean into some of what the Patriots put on tape, understanding that Bill Belichick is a good game planner and, and pick off of some of that a little bit. But what we know about both teams is that both offenses are excellent, and to me that puts the defenses front and center. And when I think about – the Bengals on defense, Hubbard and Hendrickson, if they both play, they're going to be hobbled. I think the Bills do have an opportunity here with these corners, Eli Apple and Cam Taylor Britt with the weapons that the Bills have at wide receiver. And I think that can give them some good opportunities to score some points. Obviously, the Bills defense, no Von Miller, but their pass rush has been solid without him. Um, But this is kind of that game where you might miss Von Miller a little bit more than you have in recent weeks against some of the other opponents the Bills have had, but maybe that's offset a little bit by Hakeem Adeniji playing right tackle and not Lael Collins. But I think where I, I really get the most confidence is that I think that the Bills offensively are they're just they're a more two-dimensional team. The Bengals 26th in rushing yards per game, 28th in yards per carry. And you could say what you want about the Bills offense running the football and how Josh Allen impacts it. Well, those rushing yards count too. Right. And the Bills are statistically a very good rushing offense. I think that two dimensional attack in a game like this gives them a little bit more uh, to throw at Cincinnati. So we'll see. That would be my reasons for predicting the Bills to win 27 to 24. But I have a lot of concern about going to Cincinnati and, and being able to pull off a win because obviously the Bengals are very, very capable of winning this game themselves. I think that that just kind of highlights, again, some of the matchups we didn't get to talk about as much, and we're out of time for, unfortunately. But the running game in this game for both teams could be very interesting. Like, it's not necessarily a bunch of world beaters on either offensive line and run blocking. DJ Reader is all world in run defense. Trey Hendrickson seems to be playing well enough. Cam Sample last week against the Patriots, and they're also not all world offensive line, was really good in place of Sam Hubbard. And so with B.J. Hill playing a little bit better down the stretch, with the linebackers continuing to play pretty well, with the Bengals' experience dealing with these playmaking with their legs quarterbacks, that, that is a really interesting matchup that the 
Bengals will have to be able to take away. But for me, like you mentioned, Joe, the thing that concerns me the most is the talent of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. The Bengals haven't faced a duo like this, at least that I can remember this year. You can talk about Tom Brady and Mike Evans, perhaps, but they're clearly not there this year. Um, this is a team that has some, some talent like the Bengals have at the skill positions. And so that is a different challenge for the secondary that is mostly stepped up in Jadobe Abuzier's absence, but again, has another tall task this week. And a lot goes to Joe Burrow in that passing offense for the Bengals. Like we've talked about, we haven't even talked about Joe Mixon. I don't, I think this is the first time we've said his name in this episode. Good player. The Bengals haven't been able to run it the last two weeks. And is this again to get it going? I think that they prefer to, to challenge the Bills with the passing game. Like, like James said, so a lot of interesting stories and matchups in this one to watch. And well, that's why you'll keep it locked on the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Go find Joe Marino on Lockdown Bills for more coverage from the Bills perspective as we get to this Monday night football game. And James and I have you covered on Lockdown Bengals, where we will have your updates after a couple of days of practice coming your way on Friday and a game preview on Sunday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Podcast crossover Thursday. Bills, Bengals, Monday Night Football, Week 17, playoff seating on the line. We appreciate you listening and make sure you stay tuned where we have you covered every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.